Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. You know, it's Thanksgiving next week. You know, we're getting to that time of year where things are ending and and holidays and time off and family and craziness. But yeah, yeah, it's that time of year. So um, we have a very light news section, which I think is funny. But I did notice you didn't put something on the news section. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that I want to talk about this, but um, I am just curious. Did you watch that Zack Snyder Rebel Moon trailer? I did not. <laughs> okay. Finally, a week where I watch a trailer that Will did not. Thank you. <laughs> I have no interest in it, to be completely honest. It just seems like, uh, from what I gather about Rebel Moon, and, and I'm sure if folks want to flame me, go right ahead, but it sounds like it's a derivative of, of Star Wars. And I'm just sort of like... It's a derivative of okay. like five different things. <laughs> yeah, and, and I have no interest in it. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but I don't have anything for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much it's, it's no shame, no shame in how uh, how much of a derivative it is of a few different things. Um, but I was for for it for me going in expecting that. Mm-hmm. I was watching it like you know this isn't bad, but then again, Snyder, love him or hate him, like he knows how to shoot action. He, he knows does. how to do big set pieces. And honestly, sell a convincing movie mm-hmm. um, until you sit down and watch it. And then the dialogue, like, is kind of a bit, like, weak. Um, yeah. Or the movie is just way too long, way too long. But in terms of the premise, I was actually kind of intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, as much of a, I think going into it, I felt, I thought it was going to be the the story itself would be much more of a Luke Skywalker, but no, it's not. Okay. (laughs) I would would argue it's not. It's more of like a Han Solo Mm. type. Um, And then some, so they, they also have an interesting element. So I was actually surprised by how much I liked the trailer. Um, And I'm just intrigued. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. Unless I just, you know, a lot of time off coming up where I could easily throw that on in the background. Yeah, it's coming um, out in de- December, right? Yeah, I think so. I think mid-December, just yeah. in time for holidays, which which makes sense. I mean, for streaming platforms to drop things around this time of year makes makes a lot of sense in terms of people have time to are going to have time to like sit down and want something to watch, especially if they're with friends or family. Yeah. And so you're, you're going to want to have your platform be able to have all the options for the different variations of like, let's do this together. There right, are. right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I, I, and I know whenever not to get into the sausage of what we pre-show discussions, but that was, that was the thing that I was drawing a blank on that I knew was coming up whenever I was like, there's something coming up next month, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And sure enough, it's the one, the one time I didn't watch a trailer and you did, that was the one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the last bit of news that we both are aware of because everyone is aware of who has been following this thing is that the strike is over and the floodgates are open with news about how things are starting and all of the wins. But is there anything you want to say as we conclude this story once and for all? <laughs> um, as far as, yes, things are getting scheduled, release dates are getting set to be broken again. <laughs> but uh, there were a couple of things that James Gunn did say that uh, he's moving ahead. Superman is still slated to premiere in July of 2025. And uh, But the real big thing for me is it was just nice. I didn't realize how much I have missed interviews with cast and crew until today when I was able to like, you know, really watch a few of Tom Hiddleston's um, doing the rounds for, for Loki. And that's when I realized for both of the things that we we're talking about tonight, uh, both Loki and also the Marvels, how much it, how important it really is 
for the, the those publicity tours and junkets are for 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 these IP because it, it definitely you know ha- hearing him talk about Loki's journey and everything and you know I didn't get a chance to see any but I also got just read an article with Amon Bellani talking about some of the behind the scenes stuff that she was when it filmed a particular scene uh in in the in the Marvels really re- reminded me what we were missing the last few few months and uh as far as with these projects and and how how it was actually good newsworthy stuff instead of like the you know somebody spitballing about something and then it just like create 15 youtube videos about basically the same story over and over again that i heard xyz yeah i mean it's funny to me how there are movies that I have never seen, and I can't even recall the name of them, but I have watched um, press junkets. I mean, I hope, I hope there's, I'm not the only one who has binged pretty much all of the Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds interviews when they were promoting that one movie that I can't think of the title of. <laughs> because they are hilarious Mm -hmm. they are some of the best interview clips like those i every now and then i'll find myself in a black hole of just avengers promotion clips because you have so many different characters talking promoting the movie and then you get on the whole train of um tom holland and zendaya and all of their those interviews and the yeah. the brief glimpses and that dynamic and relationship and and then you go to something else and and when the actors truly are friends outside of work i think that's what for me personally yeah. i love to see them try to promote a movie together <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's just so much fun and and you're right i didn't think about it until you brought it up that there it's been quiet it's been and i think maybe that's why last week i was just i went i i got out of soapbox and was just over this whole narrative that everyone is talking about marvel and mm-hmm. how it's the end of the world and the writings on the wall and all of this stuff and i'm just like now i'm realizing well that's all anybody could talk about because yep. the the promotions and the entertainment that's just gained from the celebrities promoting a movie was just gone for yeah. months. Yep. Um, and I mean, granted, we've had that's probably why. Well, that's maybe 10 percent of why everyone can't get enough of um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> nature, yeah, the entertainment ecosystem of horrors of vacuum so it's going to get filled somehow and like in, yeah. and to your point you know it, whether it's travis and taylor or the endless rant of like the mcu is dying or fill in the blank but you're, you're right i mean the ecosystem has to get fed yeah yeah it does and it was it was really funny to walk out of the marvels and then i'm going walking past another theater and i can clearly hear like taylor swift music blasting (laughs) 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 and i'm thinking to myself there's probably like one or two people in there there was only like five people in my showing and there weren't a lot of cars in that parking lot so it's like oh poor thing will why don't you pick do you want to start with Loki or Marvels? Let's start with the Marvels. So to to kick off the Marvels talk, um, I'm just going to, because I think after all the research I've done, which means I've, I've listened to like so many people talk about the Marvels, I, I think we need to start with arguably the most controversial sequence in all of cinema. Because I'm telling you, like, the lines are being drawn. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) crazy. But I guess so that we can understand what sides we're on, Will, in this whole debate. What were your thoughts on the, the, would you call it singing sequence? Would you call (laughs) it a, a Broadway sequence, an attempt at Bollywood, like the musical sequence that we all are very much aware of? What were your thoughts on that? 
So it was it was a bit that was they probably if you're if you're going to do something like this, sell out and do it. Because I think the they clearly were committed to this idea of what can we do? Because when I saw the trailer, I I really thought, okay, this is a nice homage to Kamala's heritage, you know, having a Bollywood musical, because that was the vibe that I was expecting whenever we did get to that scene in the movie. So I went to into it pretty much open to open to the sequence until it happened. And then it took me out <laughs> because it, it took me out, not because of the singing planet. It, what took me out of it was they didn't commit to it and, 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 and it didn't, and it didn't feel earned in the sense that it would have been better if they had told it from Miss Marvel's viewpoint rather than Carol's viewpoint. Because it was really, I think it, you know, because I think then, and it, and it could have, and it could, and it should have just, maybe not go twenty minutes to rumors. I think I've heard where I think where the bit was supposed to be. Right, right. But, but I think it, it, it just didn't feel like it was earned, and it definitely was like where they were in the movie. It was just a weird tonal shift that it took it, it took me out of it, um, and you know. Music, you know, musical in and of number in and of itself is not a bad thing. I mean, hell, I, one of my favorite episodes of of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds this season was when they did the musical. So mm-hmm. it has, you know, so from that standpoint, didn't have didn't have a problem with the concept of it. It was just all in the execution, which I think when we talk about this movie tonight, that's going to be my probably my biggest critique, where it's great concepts but sometimes execution just wasn't there yeah i was gonna say that honestly i don't mind the sequence just because it's later in the movie it's way later than i expected it to be Mm. granted this is a very short movie and up until that point everything felt kind of like non-committal and Mm. we're gonna do like we're trying to just get through the beats and we're doing what we can um, we're, we're trying to hit all of the important stuff, but we're not stopping. So this is going to be short. And where I think the most criticism should be with that whole sequence that no one seems to be talking about is what the heck happened to that planet? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that was the other thing. I was thinking the same thing in that feed when I was watching it real time before her, before I heard anybody talk about that scene right. was we just like this. These folks just got annihilated, possibly, and y'all just again goes back to the like and, I said, it's the execution. The last, yeah, the last words Carol says to the prince is, "I'll make like our plan will work," and and we never see her return to him, and we we honestly, I feel bad for the actor um, Park Sojun. Because yeah. he was promoted. He was a very, very much in my opinion and from from things that I see, he was promoted as like, finally, a Korean actor in in the MCU and he's going to have yeah. this role. And I think because I honestly believe the rumors are true that they cut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And unfortunately, like any anything that he brought was probably left on the cutting room floor because I like this idea, like take out the musical element, say what you will about that. But just the concept of we're getting a glimpse into what she has been up to. Yes. And Mm -hmm. we find out she married a prince. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and is a princess like that is very cool and yeah. she she I felt like that is one of the few scenes where we see Carol and we don't see Marvel which I yes. like I, I like too. because that's one of the, another critique of this this franchise is that 
Carol Danvers, we don't know her. Like, Mm -hmm. we know Miss Marvel, but she's very flat. She's basically Clark Kent, where you're like, okay, like, something's not really pulling at my heartstrings. Um, So, so... All that being said, like, I I don't mind the sequence at all. It honestly didn't really take me out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I was just like, okay, this is where we are, moving yeah. along. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's what, that's how I can sum up my thoughts about this movie as a whole is like, I'm just, I found myself, like, I was smiling pretty much the whole time. I was mm-hmm. laughing at pretty much all of the jokes. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear any like really cringe writing that I heard in a different movie called Quantumania, but, um, for the most part, even though everything was like surface level, it was just really quick. It didn't make it, it made sense, but it also was just, it, it went so fast that it couldn't really delve into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I mean, I, I told you, I put this at the same table as I put love and thunder. <laughs> it's at the same table for me. <laughs> I like this better than love and thunder. I think, yeah, to know, to, as I think, I, I think I DM'd over the weekend. I was like, to no one's surprise. <laughs> I like this movie better than, better than Love and Thunder. Um, but uh, and, and I remember whenever I, whenever you told me your reaction over the weekend, you were like, "It didn't make me mad." So I was like, "That's a, I haven't told you that's a win." Yeah, yeah. I mean, the worst thing it could have done was make me mad, and and I think in talking about it, it does make me a little sad that. Yeah. There were there was a lot of potential for this to be like a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, it wasn't sold to me that it was going to be an amazing movie. Yeah. same. (laughs) I didn't go in with that expectation. And I. I think I got. What should I say? I think that the actresses. The three actresses, just their on-screen chemistry, they were having fun. Mm-hmm. And so I was having fun. And yep. I, like, loved their interactions. Everything about them made, it was, it was good. It made sense. And I, and I, and I could see why they were doing this, like, why they wanted this movie, because you have Carol who is this this big hero, sort of speaks, and she finds herself entangled with um with with a girl she knew from her past as Carol, who she's let down, mm-hmm. um, and who looked up to her just by being Carol. And mm-hmm. then you have a girl who looks up to her because she's Miss Marvel, and yeah. who has yet Obvious. to be let down by her. But like the her whole hero complex, like like she doesn't see Carol, she sees Miss Marvel, and so Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Marvel, sorry, um, that whole triangle, like I really liked that. I wish the movie was longer so it Mm -hmm. could explore that more and and explore a bunch of other things. But I'm also very much over two to three hours worth of unnecessariness yeah <laughs> so as much uh, like all of the random stuff that did happen in this movie i was fine with it because it, we were in and we were out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i completely agree with you the places where i think it where it could have used about 10 more minutes was when carol and Monica were, were when they Marie, excuse me, not um, I mean Monica Rambo, Marie's the mother. But when they were when they were dealing with Marie's death, um, yeah, absolutely. So that's where they, you know, because we you know we, we were we were introduced to, to it in Wandavision, so we've all, we already had Monica's like 
understanding she came back from the blip under you know understands the loss of her mother you know during that five-year period and then when we have the the, the alien mind device that you know that carol uses to help her you know pull her memories back whenever they have the infiltration you know when it, whenever carol either she didn't know or guilt or whatever caused it, the memory to transfer over as far as what happened to to maria rambo um and that whole sequence down there i just again that could have they could have used that more and because i felt they just rushed that sequence of of their their estrangement and and and, and the awkwardness and stuff so that was one place where they they could have they could have let it breathe a little bit more because later in the film speaking of like to your point about uh kamala and, and carol and the hero worship and I pushed back to people who were like saying that, you know, the whole fangirling thing, that, 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 that narrative, just like how you were like grating about how people were like ranting about things about Marvel last week. This, this, this that, that's the one that gets, that gets me this, this week because she was just being who she is. But the thing that I thought that they did a good job at the, with, with Carol, Carol and Kamala was when Kamala recognized that oh, I didn't, I did not give you the space to be a person. Right. And I thought that was like one of the standout moments in the film for me, you know, with this, with the whole hero worship thing that sometimes you don't always get in these like superhero movies when someone's like fanboying or fangirling over, over, a, over a person that they don't give them that space to like get to know you as an individual. So I, I appreciate the fact that they did recognize that in the movie. Yeah, I I think um again they they each character um has like these moments that honestly I would say Kamala's moment that she went there a little bit too quick for me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. Um I didn't know that that was a struggle, but cool. Um so so I I yeah, I think there's just like th- the moments happen and you accept mm-hmm. them for what they are and looking back on it you're just like, oh, man, if 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 only they could have done one more more one more um go at that script, flesh some things out. Yeah. Um and and didn't end up having to cut so much stuff, maybe we would have gotten the movie that we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they've like. I also think that this movie's just an underdog where it had yeah. a lot against it. it did. Like, so to come out being what it is, and for me to walk out and being like that wasn't so bad. I'm I'm fine. None of the characters. I'm not mad at any of the characters. I'm not I'm not mad at the writers because honestly, again, I can't say this enough. It wasn't sold to me that mm-hmm. it was going to be this epic movie. So I didn't expect it. I expected a Saturday morning, like, cartoon, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And that's what I got. But what I what I unexpectedly got was Kamala, was how much I like not only Kamala, but Kamala's family. Mm. And how how... Yeah, her her friends are cool, but really the heart of Miss Marvel was her family. Mm-hmm. And so I I knew we were going to get Kamala. I was not anticipating the family coming on for the ride. And so when we get the first sequence in the house, I'm like, cool. I love these people. The gang's all here. Awesome. And then when they're going up to the spaceship, I'm like, yes, <laughs> we get more. And they're interacting with Fury. So I I was just like thank God you you kept that element because that was yeah. arguably the heart of the movie for me where you're you're really you're you're taking a character who we just know as being alone mm-hmm. and you're introducing her to a character who's significantly younger than her mm-hmm. but has this family and this baggage and is able to still teach her something just as much as Carol's able to teach Kamala about how to be a hero. Yeah. Um, and the, and, and so I, I, I'm just glad I feel like they took, 
from all three of these characters and even even Fury and we'll get into Fury stuff, but yeah. um, like they took the arguably the best elements and brought it to the table and just made made cereal and I ate it. <laughs> it didn't taste like cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to talk about Fury because one of like one of my nitpicks is just. Mm. And you even have a note about it on your on our uh, rundown, but just like ugh, freaking freaking secret invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I do, it's Fury was Fury in this, but I did suffer through all six episodes of Secret Invasion. So please explain to me where the heck this movie falls on the timeline of things because this is not yeah. the same Fury. And we did not see his wife. Nope. And we had plenty of time to see his wife. <laughs> we had plenty of time to see his wife. We had plenty of time to still, like, you know, figure out why, what happened. You know, mention that Talos, you know, lost there. I mean, it's just so, so, uh, you know, I guess we can, we can look at it. We can do it from two different perspectives. We can look at it from a production and real life perspective, which this film, the Marvel's, which was supposed to come before Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. as far as you know, and, and um, but I think the special uh, the special effects. I even remember us, I think, even talking about it when the when the release date was moved on one of our shows, and the, uh, they moved it back due to I think the special effects and some other, and they had to do some reshoots and other stuff. So they flipped the order so that you know, so Ant Man came three came first, then Secret Invasion, and this one came, you know later this year it came now so and so from that standpoint how things sort of unfold in this film <laughs> that makes sense that it, that it was supposed to come before secret invasion um but you know but then you got the other side of it we just go if we go chronologically we go chronologically and chronologically this does come after secret invasion on the calendar so you know, so from that standpoint, we're supposed to treat it that way. So maybe, maybe Disney Marvel Studios will, you know, will will resolve this question on the official MCU timeline when they when they put it out. I, I did look on Marvel.com today to see if they if they've done that because this question's been you know pop, you know been kicked about quite a bit uh, since the movies come out. Uh, I heard an interesting theory. I was listening to Jay Washington um, on the breakdown. One of the Shows on the uh, New Rockstars Network, mm-hmm. and he had a theory which actually makes a lot of sense uh, that it that Secret Invasion took place in a different universe. Given that yeah. we're all yeah, and I was like, well, that's that's plausible. Um, you know, they didn't. I mean, it's there's still a lot of like things that you have to like accept or. You know, because it doesn't really it, build up to that. It's more like, well, that's a convenient thing that they they built yeah. into their whole universe. If yeah. if we don't like something or something doesn't yeah. sit well with the viewers, just say that was in an alternative universe. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, now that we're in the multiverse saga, you you can you have you know you can make a good faith argument that that is indeed the case. But yeah. and then I'll just say, damn it, Loki. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly but uh but no i i I just think that honestly it just this is one of those situations where um I think production things screwed up continuity things as far as story and and either that or Nick just went back to the station after secret invasion and you know got his mojo back and he just you know he's he's just He's he's healed compared to the broken man that we saw that we saw in Secret Invasion. But then yeah. but but, you know, but they have conveniently forgotten so many things like we're still in, in, in phases four and five. I mean, we still have from phase four the the big celestial in the middle of the ocean and and, and also Gaia's supercharged power where she's like even more it seems like even more powerful than Captain Marvel at this point. So, I mean, there's just a lot of this. I think. Secret Invasion is going to probably go into the Marvel spotlight. <laughs> Where it's just like, um, it's not tied to the larger continuity. It's just, it's just there. <laughs> right. 
So, so the the last controversial, I guess, sequence or yeah. maybe even plot line I want to talk about and get your thoughts on is obviously Goose. Um, <laughs> Goose had a big role in this movie, definitely. From my perspective, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it took some turns. It took, I think he had the most, he or she had the most twists. I'm guessing yeah. it's a she um, based on those twists. Yeah. Uh, pregnancy, a lot of, lot of cats. Um, so, so just in terms of the herding cat sequence, Will, what, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> So I did I did do a just a non-spoiler out of the theater reaction for our channel. And I did say there was a moment there where I rolled my eyes and this was that moment. That that and also and, and also a little bit of degree uh Kamala's mother. Uh but which mom's supposed to be annoying and so that but it, it, it that it did I love the family but it was starting to grate on me just a little bit. But the bigger eye roll was the, the the bit with the with with goose and the herding cats. It just and when they and they and when they use the this and maybe it's just my visceral hatred of the musical cats. <laughs> it just didn't work for me because it's been when I started playing memory, I was just like, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm done. So I didn't even make that connection, but that is hilarious, and that just makes me like this whole sequence that much better. <laughs> Because I loved it from because it just took this it it felt like something I could see in a Thor movie. It felt like a sequence mm-hmm. I would see maybe even in this is a long shot. The boys, the yeah. boys would be a lot more bloodier and a it lot more gross. It would be, but it was it was like the Disney princess version of that, where <laughs> where just the idea of. Please let them eat you. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> run. <laughs> Please don't escape. It's like this this beautiful twist that I was not expecting. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I, like as soon as it didn't take me for long for re- to realize, oh, that's going to be the plan. And then five minutes later, that was the plan. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I wasn't. I really, for whatever reason, the whole slow motion sequence of these people running and then you hear it over the intercom, please let them eat you. I'm just yeah. like, this is actually <laughs> hilarious. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's funny. I mean, because, you know, call me out on it because, you know, I, I, you know, the, the sequence in the flash didn't bother me. But for whatever reason, and like I said, I think it was, it, I will freely admit, the Cats the Musical, just, it just... It, that salt, it just ruined it for me and it just took me out of it. So I think that's where just kind of like, I get where they were going. I just felt like it just didn't work for me. It, it just didn't. It was a bit that to me, I was just like, okay, let's just get through this. Yeah. The, the last thing that I want to touch on um, before we get into Loki is the mid credit scene where yeah. Monica, after saving the day, but, in a way self-sacrificing herself because she finds herself in a different reality, wakes up and sees her mom mm-hmm. or um, I forget what it, what's her name on that in this universe. Oh gosh. Um, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. It's not photon. Um, well, well she sees her mom and then we, we end up seeing um, beast who names mm-hmm. drop drops a Charles and we've entered um binary. That's the name. That's yeah. the name. Yeah. Binary. Um so so we're in we're in an X-Men universe of sorts. Um because it was Kelsey Grammer who reprised his role as Beast. Will, what did you think about this mid credit scene? So unfortunately I got spoiled by this. Um stupid Twitter, stupid uh, some yeah I saw it not in it and it wasn't even like during when with the release it was like about a week or so ago so I I heard about it and so unfortunately I, I liked it I mean it was it was cool um I know a lot of folks with 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 Hank with Beast um you know the the CG was very almost like 
ex mentis as far as the animated series uh type of look but uh so i was like oh maybe they're going to tie this into maybe x you know with the, the reboot of the animated series that they're bringing to uh to uh disney plus in in the future but uh i, I you know overall i, I like where they're going you know it, it definitely um is setting up for the you know for deadpool and some other things in, here in phase five uh you know with with the multiverse saga so um I enjoyed it. The, the 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 sequence that I did not get spoiled on though was the whole Kate Bishop one, uh, which yeah. I really I really 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 did like uh, that that sequence there at the end uh, with 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 Kamala uh, and uh, Kate and and, even, and having a name drop of Cassie and you know and and all that. So that one that one for me that was the one that actually got me got more of a rise out. I mean one, but one that because I didn't get spoiled. But two, I think it just it just in the spirit of the film and and everything, it just it just felt more organic for me instead of just like because, I you know, it wasn't like the mid. And I'm glad they placed it where they did instead of putting it at a mid credit and then having Beast as the end credit, because it just felt more like a natural flow to the story. And and, and then the, the typical MCU mid credit, like here's what we tease. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I between the two of them, I do prefer the Kamala one, but that's just because I find any scene that actress is in, she elevates and she, and I just like, because she's so likable. She yeah. truly is the truly top is. of this universe. Yeah. Yeah. She truly, she, she, I can't wait for those two to have a scene together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny. So as I was, as I noted as, at the beginning of the show tonight, I was reading an article from, Mom Valani and she was talking about filming, you know, the scene with, um, with Haley Haley Stansfeld and um and Kate and and it actually how they did it. I mean, you know, there was a scripted part, but there was also where they they really they did some improv and they were like there was a whole bit where they started talking about pizza and I mean, it, you know, it just sounds like it would if if there is like a, ever a, a blooper reel or editor's cut uh, of that them. Filming that scene, I would love to see it. So because it just sounds like they were having so much fun, uh, and again, it gets to the point where we we're making before about you know, uh, glad that uh, the actors were able to get a good deal with the with the resolution of the strike because these are the kind of things that you that we've, that we've been missing out on uh, over the last few months. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is our discussion on the Marvels. Um, if you haven't seen it and you just listened to all of that, you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Although you should, because it's not going to hurt you because it's not, it's not horrible. I guess I wouldn't necessarily say go out to your cinemas. You like must see this on the big screen, but it's, it, it, it it's satisfiable. Yeah. It is fine. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that brings us to Loki the the season finale series finale the glorious purpose of it all will 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 what do you want to say about loki oh where to begin i so uh just like this season with the whole orb obi orboros we, we we have the ultimate orb or meta orboros with the Glorious Purpose, episode one of season one, and we and we conclude with that as well. But much larger point for me, at least with this series, has been just the the exploration of taking Battle of New York, Loki, um, and being plucked into the TVA and seeing the growth of this of, of the character over these 12 episodes. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, we got that in the cinematic side of Loki where, where of course, you know, we saw the growth and the sacrifice that he makes in Infinity War to say Thor. But then, but this, you know, but in this series, seeing the growth of the version of the Loki that, you know, at that point, it's you know we, we were first introduced him in, to him in Thor one and is you know it's 2012 Loki, and you know he still has that goal of 
you know, being on the throne, uh, you know, the throne being the ruler, being, yes, he's a god of mischief, but, you know, it's a very selfish, very self-centered Loki, and seeing the growth to the point where he, you know, where this time when he makes a sacrifice, it's not only for his friends, but it's for the whole universe, and and, and really, he, he, you know, he does meet his his actual his his glorious purpose and whether it's you know whether it's a burden or whether it's uh something that he he is thrilled to have um you know it's up to up to interpretation i mean that 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 ambiguous look on his face whenever he transcends um you know can can you can read so many so many things into it but i just to me this was Probably one of the most satisfying character arcs I've seen a poor character in in in, in some time, um, whether it's Marvel, DC, Star Trek, whatever. Um, I've really enjoyed the, the arc that they they took this character on in the series. Yeah, um, I'm still like just lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Like I keep thinking about it and. I keep trying to figure out what it is, but there, for whatever reason, I still prefer the first season over the second season. I, I, I understand the brilliance, like, not the brilliance, but I understand why everyone is obsessed with this season and how it concludes and to everything you just said about the arc of it all. Um, and and I prefer this week's episode over last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And but there there was just still something about it where I'm just a little bit unsatisfied. Like mm-hmm. it's still like there there were aspects of this where I'm just trying to think because just last week we talked about Gen V season finale and I just I love Gen V season finale. I love Bear season two finale. I love The Last of Us all the way. Like, there are so many finales I've watched this year. And it's not that this wasn't good. It makes all the sense in the world. I can't sit here and tell you this is how I would make this better. But I have to be honest. And for whatever reason, it did it. I... It felt a bit telegraphed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like yeah. I, it just, it made, it. honestly, I guess I'll say, it just made too much sense. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> too yeah. clear. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's a very fair criticism. And I've seen, I think, I hear what you're saying, and I, and I get, I think on balance, um, the, the, the lead up to the, I guess, to his transcendence, to from little G to big G God, I, I can see where, I think, to your point, season one, I think, probably had more bangers of an episodes where I think this season, it, now that we were all through all six, um, I, I, I think episode two where we first see Sylvie in the McDonald's in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, does it, yeah that 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 it is definitely the um takes takes this season two down a notch a bit from season one. Yeah, but yeah. you could you could argue that about episode three in season one where they're on the train the whole time. But the train. Like, but see the, but see, the train episode was just so, you know, we look at it now in the whole context of, of the whole, that mm-hmm. was a much more powerful episode and really drives a lot of what what happens, you know, as far as Loki, with, with, the, with Loki's journey and really, trans, you know, begins that true the transformation from him differentiating himself from all the other Loki variants. I, I yeah maybe I I guess I mean I I I didn't come prepared to talk about the train episode. Yeah <laughs> I, yeah no but I mean but I've been, to be able to because yeah. I don't remember that episode the same way you appear to do. So so in I guess 
like just focusing on the season finale and what happens yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Um, I guess to to really start us off on that um, and to refocus, what were your thoughts about like Act One, which is essentially yeah. Loki going back in time and mm-hmm. reliving the ending of Episode Four for centuries? Yeah, yeah. Um, see, I, 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 is to use uh, another project, uh, you know, the Groundhog Day scenario or whatever. It it it, it worked for me. It in that, you know, yes, it was repetitive. Yes, you know, we, I've seen this bit before in other time travel shows and things like that and movies. But it, but the thing for me, it, the lessons that he learned in the process of doing this gives greater foundation for, for what we get in the, in the final act of this episode where he does transcend uh, because it, you know, because it, and it also piggybacks on some of the things from, from the penultimate episode where, you know, where, where is it, where, you know, with the science versus fiction and, 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 you know, so Loki learned all all of this science to to do this to, um, you know, with with the scaling issue with with the loom, and but at the end of the day, it it took a little bit of I guess science you know fiction as far as the magic to 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 be able to uh, actually solve this problem. So you know, so it 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 it, it sort of picks up on some of those things from the from the prior episode. Uh, as far as you know, with you know, with, with the what versus the who, right, right. I, I, I think that the concept of the sequence is is great. Um, my nitpick with it is I don't know why he never went back to the first episode mm. because they were dealing with the same problem in the first episode. And he had more time in the first episode. So, so I, my frustration with this sequence came like after the fifth time. And I'm like, what, why is he not going back further? <laughs> like, and then he spends centuries, which, which was a great bit learning all of this mathematics. And I'm still sitting here like, why, why do you go there and not, I just need to go back further. I mean, technically the problem started in that first episode. Now, granted, he does end up going back further. And mm-hmm. this is arguably tied for my one of my favorite scenes in this episode is the he who remains. And I love yeah. this because I love the season one finale so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like Jonathan Majors. Say what you will about the man, but this role and him in it he's just so good. And this conversation that they have and um, that a lot of people have talked about and just the power shifts that are at play mm-hmm. and how it keeps you as a viewer on your toes because mm-hmm. it plays with time. Ironically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, my one, the thing that kept bothering me though, as much as I love the sequence is I'm still sitting here like, so you're never going to tell me why Loki is the only one time slipping and why he's the only one who can like continue to learn about how to manipulate time. Like we're never going to get that answer. <laughs> That's annoying to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and but I think they leave that up to leave that. There's some things that sometimes you just have to leave up to the viewer to interpret. And I think that's one of those things. I don't think, because I think if they told us, then we would be like nitpick, you know, nitpicking like that doesn't make sense to the time travel rules of Back to the Future or Back to whatever. So well, I think I think that's that's just where you can use your is. imagination, huh? I like like I could use my imagination, but I honestly don't know like what my options are because I have no idea why he is time slipping and Sylvie is not. And that's thinking of keeping it to the context of the rules that they've established for this show with Nexus events and incursions. I don't know if it's maybe with his incursion of when 
Well, I, I guess when Sylvie kicked him back, whenever she did kill He Who Remains, mm-hmm. um, if that like created a situation where he was, I, I don't know. I mean, I, that, that's a good question. I, I don't know, and I, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. Um, you know, where I don't know if it's because she was she remained at the end of time, you know, she like insulated from a bubble or 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 maybe I mean it, it seems to OB in the fifth episode seems to intimate that there was something within Loki that he whether it was a strong emotional response or something what was triggering the time jumps. So it's sort of like Quantum Leap was like Sam Beckett, like you know, initially Sam stepped into the time travel machine and and was you know sent back in time, but over the course of the series, and at the way things end, spoiler alert for for the at least the first series of Quantum Leap with Sam Beckett, it, it seemed that Sam was the one who was controlling the leaps all along, and he he chose to be a, he chose to remain the time traveler. So maybe it's a similar thing with Loki. At some innate level, Loki was able to do this time slipping because the, the, the knowledge was, you know, his will was, was there to do it. Um, and then, you know, when we get to the scene here in the finale with he, who remains, you know, he was like, Oh, you, so I, you figured out how to do all this stuff now. And so maybe yeah. that, you know, so maybe that's where, where, where we're coming from with that. Yeah. That, that, that Sylvie didn't never, Sylvie never learned that lesson. That's why she always had used to pad. Maybe, maybe. Um, what what did you think about the He Who Remains sequence? Oh, I I really that was my other favorite part. I had I had to say, I mean, I, I gave. I mean, if I had to give this one, it was like a nine out of ten for me. I, it just everything about this episode just really really worked for me um, so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that leads him to go visit Mobius, and I was not <laughs> expecting uh season season one premiere like i like how i do appreciate the fact that after you get through the first act it becomes a sort of a a tour of the best episodes where we we take a stop at the season one finale and then the season the first episode of the first season and um and and this is before friendship bracelets are exchanged um mm-hmm. like in my fan fiction where i'm using my imagination i am totally like these two totally exchange friendship bracelets and that's why loki's just like i'm fine i got my eyes mainly on mobius i'm gonna watch him while he's watching time Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> creeper <laughs> oh man um but but we see Mobius and we're back in the um interrogation room and but it's a but it's a different Loki and mm-hmm. and it's and it was really I I uh I thought it was interesting how Owen Wilson played it because mm-hmm. initially he's in the scene that we know and then and then it's almost like he realizes whoa this isn't the same person I was talking to literally mm-hmm. a minute ago uh, and then they have this conversation and we get more insight into pre-Loki Mobius and um, Renslayer's relationship. And we get a pretty amazing speech about glorious purpose and the burdens and not not the comfort and the 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 glory that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that scene was. Um, yeah was whenever they when the realization for for Mobius that he was like that's not the same guy I was talking to uh you know that 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 was definitely a very powerful moment but the, the to me it was also just um whenever Mobius is telling Loki about the story when they're when they're chasing down the 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 kid um and and it, take take it back to the marvels too just you know with with whenever like Carol was telling come on Kamala about you know we can't save everyone <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and thinking now with and, and thinking now with Mobius um and, and Rinslayer where he you know he froze and you know and she had to be the one to to take care of things and you know and, and thinking back to our conversations we've had about Rinslayer 
this season, uh, being the judge, um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and how we saw her, her take, take on that role in the second season, uh, you know, whenever she was trying to take care of Victor Tomley, um, and, and, and all that, uh, it really like, it really was a nice bookend to, 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 to what we've seen, like, as you noted, uh, with some of the greatest hits of the, of, of this, of the series. Yeah, I, I've heard some good interpretations of the scene and what I like about what I've heard and what I've thought about is that that story, um, in terms of this whole, for this season, a lot of Mobius had, was more about like, what's his life on the timeline, on the sacred mm-hmm. timeline. And so people have pointed out he hesitated because he is the father of an eight-year-old boy on the time. And that whole idea that, as we've seen in terms of comparing these characters from the TVA with what they are, who they are on the sacred timeline, uh, we're seeing glimpses of that play out in the, in the TVA, meaning that even though they've been mind wiped so many times, there's still aspects of that, that mm-hmm. live within their subconscious. And so I thought that was a very, something yeah. very good and yeah. so subtly played. Um, I think one of the reasons why this whole episode didn't hit me as hard as maybe others is arguably I'm very much unfulfilled with Mobius mm. in the terms of, I under, it's sweet him looking like finding help himself without his best friend. So sad. His brother in arms, um, his long lost love, like looking on like what his life would have been. But I guess I just, they left it. They left that door so wide open where I'm just like, so he's just going to be a creeper on himself for the rest of his life. Like what's going on here. But at the (laughs) same time, I I will say this right now. I don't want to see Mobius without Loki. Like, yeah. if you're going to put Mobius in something, and, like, if he's going to show up, because I know the TVA is going to be involved in Deadpool 3, really looking forward to it. But I don't want to see Mobius, because yeah. I know Loki's not going to be there. Right. Like, if the next time they use Loki, it's going to be a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to, or else... Or else it'll negate some of the stuff that goes on in this episode. Yeah. 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 That's my big concern to uh, moving forward um, with, with, with Mobius as well. Uh, because everybody, you know, and, and, and because everybody's like, Oh, it's going to, he's going to show up. Don't worry. Mobius is going to show up in Deadpool three and, and all that. But, um, but, but it just, the, the poignancy of that moment where he's looking at that house, um, and really gets to the, um, you know, again, some of the overarching themes with this, with this series and, and this season really, you know, even finer with the questions of choice versus free will and, you know, and, and changing the mission of the TVA now that Loki is, is in the, in the, the, the world tree. I'm not going to pretend to try to pronounce the Norse name for it. Um, but, um, you know, you know, Loki's giving everybody that choice now, you know, versus you know, Mobius being the company man before, um, whenever, you know, when his mind was wiped and, and he just went along with, you know, with the orders and, and all that. Now he's got that choice and he's, he's making that, you know, he's just standing there pondering that choice as far as, um, do I, you know, what do I do now? Cause I have, you know, I have the agency that I didn't have before. And, right. and, and, it, and, and to me, not only, you know, so it's almost like if he shows up in Deadpool three w- without Loki, or if they both show up in Deadpool three, it, it, to me, in some regards, it like undercuts some of the beauty that they, they, they've created here with the, with the finishing out this story. It's like when people, you know, when everybody was, you know, when the crazy things are saying that Tony Stark could come back, you know, um, you know, at least RDJ's um, version of Tony Stark could come back. And I'm like, no, don't. His ending was perfect in Endgame. 
Now, if you want to, you know, with Secret Wars, if you want to do something else with a new actor, fine. But don't bring back Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, curious to get your thoughts on Renslayer's ending because yeah. we've, we, as, as you talked about last week, like she finds herself um, pruned back to the end of time. Um, but now my interpretation is it's Eliath who she sees. Yeah, it is. Going for, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. But there is the pyramid in the background. And more importantly, there's the pan shot to the ground, which uh, beneath some of the grass, you can see the TVA symbol for all mm-hmm. of time, forever and always. So mm-hmm. what is your interpretation of, of that? You know, that's a loose end that I think given that the we still assuming that we still have we're going to have a multiversal war in the MCU um and i think because of this loose end that's out there uh that she's in the timeless void you know she can she is still a threat so i read that that she she's that she wasn't going to get uh, she didn't get annihilated by uh Elias. i think she's she's could come back and and play a role in in the future uh multiversal war if they continue down if they continue down that path right uh, with the Kang, with the Kang story i mean that's the other thing with the Cindy too i mean if they wanted to like switch gears and go in a different direction you, they could conceivably do so the way they the way they ended this this series if and and and, and i know the showrunner the EPs and the writers both are like we don't know you know, we told our story, and you know that's the, up to Kevin Feige. But Kevin could yeah. go in a different direction. Yeah, they 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 definitely told their story that they wanted to, yeah. and left as many loose threads as they could, which wouldn't take away from the story that they wanted to. Which I can't fault them for because yeah. I think a lot of the criticism that you could give to this season and this episode goes all to the the supporting cast or not the supporting cast because they're all phenomenal actors but the supporting characters and just like some of the loose ends involving theirs loki himself like to go back to what you kicked off this whole discussion with had a very fulfilled arc um very fleshed out like and which makes sense because this show is called loki um, and I was thinking about this, especially when I bring up the most recent show that we reviewed, Gen V. Like, Gen V is called Gen V. It's not called Bloody Marie. Right. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> yeah. she may be our, like, main heroine, but she, she's not necessarily the title character. Right. And so there's a there's a difference where right. in, in, in past we've talked about The Flash, we've talked about Arrow. And we've seen their journeys over multiple seasons. And by the end of it, like you're, you're not getting much from the character Mm -hmm. and you're also, your supporting cast is suddenly off on their own adventures. So I think in terms of balance, they stuck true. They like, we know the story we want to tell with Loki Mm -hmm. And we know the characters that are essential. And and I think that's why as much as Sylvie, Sylvie's purpose was was very much for the first season, yeah. which when she's brought into this season, it's very sparingly because mm-hmm. because of because her purpose has now changed. Like yeah. we need to her arc in the first season is to make sure by this episode you understand she will never not kill King. Exactly. Or not kill he who remains. I'm sorry, I made that mistake. I told myself I wouldn't because I was tired of hearing people say Kang in this episode. I'm like, no, 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 no that's he who <laughs> remains. No, 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 go back and watch Quantumania. That's where you get your King. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. But this season we needed little reminders of that. Mm-hmm. And then we needed that the scene in this episode where it's like, I'm not going to give you permission to kill me. Yep. You're going to have to make that choice. But I will argue 
you need to give us like the alternative option is this. And he ends up going there. Yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, I think, I think say what you will about other characters, not like being a bit more incomplete, not having the best arcs this season, but that wasn't the purpose. Um, it was yeah. truly to get Loki to ascend the way he did and to make his journey all worth it. We got plenty of time with everyone else. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause yeah. Cause they, you know, they, cause they did, I mean, they brought, you know, now that we have a, the, the new TVA and they're, and they're, you know, they've gone from pruning to like protecting you know, and like we, we have a lot and, we, we we get we do get a nod from B fifteen to Mobius about um you know Ant Man and the Wasp and you know they dealing yep. with the uh, uh, Quantum Mania excuse me and uh, you know dealing with the Kang variant um and and so they're going to be all, now I guess that's their new mission is heading out these variants so you know maybe B fifteen will be the one who will actually show up in in, in Deadpool three <laughs> as far as the TVA that's maybe it won't be Mobius. Yeah, that's what my money is on. I don't yeah. see Mobius might make an appearance, but I don't see him being like the introductory introduction yeah. into the TVA for Deadpool. I see it more as B15 and Brad. Mm-hmm. And Brad, if we can have Brad back, that would be great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that everybody has yeah, I mean now 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 that all the TVA agents have free will and can make their choices brad might be like yeah uh, yeah you know i'm on hiatus right now come back from from my movie career right <laughs> right right you know you, you you can't just introduce us to brad and then take him away like no yeah. i'm invested <laughs> I'm exactly invested. <laughs> oh man all right any other thoughts on loki no no i mean um like i said it was just really great to hear some of uh, tom hiddleston's if you've if you haven't uh seen some of the interviews he's been doing out there you, know, you can go to any any number of youtube channels um but uh you know one story that uh i did like was this how they they did loop the um how he had he came up with the suggestion of closing the loop from thor one and um with the for you for all of us um slide that he gave to Thor and how that evolved to with when Loki, you know, stepped into the gangway um, there at the end when he says it back to Sylvie and and, and Mobius and and how how the the intentions behind that that quote you know evolved uh, from from the character that we saw at the beginning as I noted uh, to, to 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 the Loki that we that we get at the end of the series. Yep. The God of Stories. All yeah. right. Well, on that note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on X, only known as Twitter, at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can follow me there, too, at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.